speak in other tongues right now, step into the Spirit. That's right. Stand, everyone standing who can speak in tongues, why don't you just step into the Spirit right now? This microphone's not working for me. That's right. Step into the Spirit. thinking. Cut the cord. Cut the cord of the anchors that keep you earthbound right now by speaking in other tongues, singing in other tongues. And not the same old tongues, but a new tongue, a fresh tongue. As if you were speaking in tongues for the first time ever in your life. Maybe this is the first time you're going to speak in tongues. Go ahead! Oh, go ahead! Yay! Step out! Step out of the boat into the spirit. Fill this place with praise in your heavenly language. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks to God. Be filled with the spirit. Worshiping faith. That's right. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Oh, we break every power, every holding power, every holding power that would keep us hemmed in. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, take authority in the spiritual realm, and we break every work of the enemy in this city. We refuse to bow down to the spiritual forces over London and we release our own spiritual force in the name of Jesus. Faith, healing, miracles, anointing, the glory, the passion, the praise. Yes. Oh, we worship you. We are the Yes, Lord, we want more of you. We're going to sing that, that relatively new song, Oh Lord, we need more of you. But I don't just want you to sing it. I want you to speak it with faith. Your words are containers. Do you know that? Now, you can speak empty words and you can sing empty words and we could sing a praise song and just sing the words but what we can do right now by the anointing of God that's in this place and by our faith is that we can fill these words of worship to the Lord and our declaration of our need of it we can fill these words with faith and that's going to make all the difference in these next few minutes Thirsty 
releasing it with faith. Please, intercede. place today and you're suffering from shoulder problems either shoulder problems is there anybody suffering from the shoulder problems just at the back here just wave at me if you're suffering from I'd like you to leave your seats and come on the platform I'm going to pray for you I believe God wants to bring healing into our lives so if you have shoulder problems if you're upstairs and uh, you have shoulder problems come up on the platform do come downstairs we'll wait for you don't 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 stay up there just because you're there just come And if you have a need of healing right where you were, why don't you just, whether you stay seated or standing, it's up to you, why don't you just lay your hands on the place in your body where you need a healing and just keep it there during this short time of ministry and just believe that God is going to touch you right where you are, that he'll show you uh, his, his glory. What's your situation? car accident and I had um, whiplash and I've been seeing an um, osteopath and they've been working on my shoulder. Um, and how does it affect you? Is it pain? Is it m mobility? Apparently my whole right and left side, uh, um, right arm and leg are a bit weak so he's been trying to sort of... And your first name? Paul. Paul. We're going to pray for you. We're together congregation is going to join me Paul we're just going to pray father we pray that you will right now 
release your healing power on every person on this platform Lord right where they stand bring healing into their shoulder areas Lord as we pray for Paul we pray that the overflow will touch every other life that is on this platform seeking a healing in their shoulders so father in Jesus name we release you we've been praying Lord show us your glory we ask that you will release right now into Paul's shoulder strength healing restoration pour out Lord your healing anointing in the name of Jesus we speak to this shoulder a word of a healing a word of restoration be healed be strengthened be restored in Jesus name we release that anointing father just let it fall on this platform your healing power your healing power just let it rest Paul on you just let it rest let the let the anointing of God rest upon you on this platform for a few moments to do the healing that, that, that's, that God wants to do hi what's what's your situation had pain in my shoulders and in other areas of my body for about 16 years. You know what it is? Get lots of different answers. What's your first name? Shelley. We're going to pray for Shelley. For 16 years she's been getting pains and um, don't you think it's, I don't see any value in, in this pain going on. And so we're going to believe God together, together as a congregation for Shelley. We're going to believe God that we drive out this pain. It's of no value whatsoever. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, increase your healing anointing on this platform and especially on Shelley's life right now. Father, we release healing anointing. We speak to the pain and we speak to the origin of the pain, whatever that might be. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, pain, loose your grip from Shelley's life. Come out of her in the name of Jesus. We release healing freedom and deliverance from this back condition in the name of Jesus father hear our prayer and release the gift of the spirit of healing and miracles into this life let there let there be no more pain in this life to your glory we pray in the name of Jesus father Paul just see if you notice any difference I don't know if you can check it out but just just move it around, do, do something that would, and see if you can notice anything. When we were praying, I, it, there was a warm feeling going through my shoulder, and it was a, as if it was, the pain was moving from there down my arm to the tip. So I believe it's actually moving and leaving, and it's going to carry. And we're we're going to complete that, aren't we? Thank you for that. that sometimes it works in that way, so we're going to drive that pain out right now aren't we in the name of Jesus everybody now I want you where you are in your own way to speak to that pain and command it to leave in one accord we speak to this pain we release the full healing power of God what you've started father you will finish and we release healing power and we speak in the name of Jesus to the pain we speak healing, but we speak to the pain. Loose him. Come out of him. And let healing remain. Healing. 
the oil of God's Holy Spirit heal being flexibility and strength in the name of Jesus right out of him father let him be full of vigor and strength in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus hi what's your name Chama. what's your situation um, I keep dislocating my my shoulder and sometimes I just wake up in the morning and it's out of place and it's very painful so it's awful we're gonna pray that that never happens again father in the name of Jesus we together as a congregation by the authority of your word and the anointing speak to this shoulder and command it to stay set you will not be dislocated but father we release your Holy Spirit and Lord you who created our bodies and our shoulders father we pray that your anointing will come upon this shoulder and there'll be no more problems ever again. Obey the command of your Creator. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And be set in the name of Jesus, we pray. And Father, for everybody else on this platform, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every shoulder situation, back situation that's here. We ask a wave of your Holy Spirit to come upon them right now and to bring healing in their lives in the name of Jesus. We pray that when they walk off this platform, Father, that they will notice and know that you have touched them and that there will be change, healing and freedom to your glory and for the blessing of your children in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Believe God. Amen. And we're going to have to uh, open up the floor later on in the service so that if there's anything that you would like special prayer for, whether it be a physical situation or you want one of our ministry team to agree with you in prayer, um, there'll, be, there'll be time for that. And, and that's what we like to do in this service. Give time for people to be ministered to. Thank you. Appreciate that, worship team. If we could have all the doors open, um, we can have those open now. Let some cool air in. I want to speak to you today about something that's been on my heart recently, and the title of my sermon is Developing Your Spiritual Senses. Developing Your Spiritual Senses. Now, we all know that we have five natural senses, don't we? And with these five natural senses, we gain information about the world around us. And in fact, we interact with the physical world around us. So we have sight from the eyes. We have hearing. We have touch. We have taste. And we have smell. Those are the five uh, different types of ways that we interact with the world around us. And uh, we know that even if one of those five senses is not properly working or not working at all, we know how difficult it is to gain information from our natural world and to interact with it. So obviously, if you have eye problems, if, you have, if you're deaf, if you... I mean, I, I have a friend who, has, who suffers from taste problems. They can hardly taste anything. I think about that. You take it for granted, don't you? But imagine not being able to taste hardly anything. How, that, that's not a very nice experience. 
And when he has something to eat, he has to pour gallons of the hottest chili sauce on it, possible, no matter what it is, just to get some sort of reaction from his taste buds. We take these things for, for granted. Um, imagine not, not having your smell senses. We, we actually use our sense of smell far more than we realize. And our touch, imagine the horrors of leprosy where you lose feeling. And the problem, one of the big problems with leprosy is not so much that the, the leprosy, but it's because you can't feel. Things are happening to your body and you don't even know. You could put your hand in fire and you wouldn't even notice it. Your, your, your senses, your sense of pain goes. So it's obvious that sight, sound, touch, smell, taste, without these things, well, can you imagine losing all of them? Just think about that for a moment. Imagine being blind, deaf, you couldn't feel, you couldn't smell, and you couldn't taste. How would you interact with the world around you? Can you even possibly conceive what that must be like? You can't feel anything, you can't see anything, you can't hear anything, you can't smell anything, you can't taste anything. It'd be like being dead, wouldn't it? When, you, when we hear of people that suffer from a lack of some of these senses, you know, when you hear of people that can't see, can't hear, and can't speak, what a difficult world that must be to live in, correct? And so, I'm talking obvious things, I suppose, today, but what's not perhaps so obvious is the fact that the Bible teaches us that we have corresponding spiritual senses and that God has given us as born-again believers spiritual senses that we are to use what for well all truth is parallel and these spiritual senses are so that we can gain accurate information about the spiritual world that we live in and not only that so that we can interact with the spiritual world that we live in now the universe is not dualistic. In other words, the universe is not separated into the natural world on the one hand and the spiritual world on the other. When God looks at the universe, he sees everything spiritual and everything material all at once. You hear what I'm saying? But we need our natural senses in order to experience the natural world. But we also need spiritual senses to experience the spiritual part of God's creation. <clears throat> and many Christians don't realize this, and many Christians don't even think about their spiritual senses. And some Christians haven't activated their spiritual senses, and we need to develop those spiritual senses. And I want to talk about what the Bible says about your spiritual senses, because we should be living out of our spiritual senses more than we live out of our natural. I want to talk about this <clears throat> together. First of all, we speak about physical sight and the importance of that. Well, what about spiritual sight? You know, if we turn to Mark chapter 4, we see Jesus saying this in verse 9. He's speaking, um, sorry, in, in verse 12. He's speaking about his parables. Jesus was teaching in parables, but many people didn't understand the parables that he was teaching. 
They were hearing his parables. They were seeing him talk about these parables, but they just didn't get it. And what did Jesus say? He said in verse 11 of Mark 4, he said, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear. So Jesus is talking about the fact that it is possible to physically see without spiritually seeing. Do you see that? Seeing, they do not see. And we'll come to the other one in a moment. Hearing, they do not hear. If we go to the same gospel, Mark chapter 8 and verse 18. Mark 8, 18. Well, reading from 17 in its context, talking about being beware the leaven of the Pharisees, he says, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? So Jesus there is speaking about the fact that it is possible to have physical eyes, but not to see spiritually. To have physical ears, but not to be hearing. We know that in Revelation chapter 3 verse 17, we also see a picture. Because I want to demonstrate to you that we do have these spiritual senses first. There's no point me talking about spiritual senses if you don't believe the Bible speaks about them. Revelation. Chapter 3, verse 17, or verse 16, speaking about the lady you see in church. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye ointment that you may see. The problem was, is that the Laodiceans, the way they saw things, everything was fine. The way that they could see it, they were rich, they were prospering, They were walking with God. The way that it looked to them, everything was fine. And Jesus was saying to them, do you know what? You have no idea. You really don't see the way things are. And what you need is some sort of a healing eye ointment so that you can actually see spiritually and accurately what's going on in your life. We know that uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 speaks about spiritual blindness. It says the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they can't see the truth of the gospel of Christ. We know that uh, blindness and darkness are used by the New Testament as a picture of not seeing spiritual reality. When Jesus healed the blind man, the man born blind in John's gospel, he'd never ever seen the light of day. And Jesus healed him and for the first time 
He had physical sight. And there was a big discussion about whether Jesus should have healed him on the Sabbath. And when they came to the Pharisees, the Pharisees said, Are you saying that we are blind? And Jesus said to the Pharisees, It's because you say that you see that shows that you're blind. It was a spiritual blindness. And so when we talk about spiritual sight, I mean, Elisha, do you remember Elisha? 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17. And his servant is getting really worried. Because as far as he can see, there's only him and Elisha. And the king's going to sort them out. And Elisha says, God, would you open my servant's eyes? He wasn't talking about his physical eyes, was he? Would you open my servant's eyes? And God opened the spiritual eyes of Elisha's servant. And what did he see? He saw the armies of heaven, didn't he? He saw into the spiritual reality of the situation. Before, he could only see the physical reality of the situation. But after Elisha prayed and his eyes were open, he could see the spiritual situation. Now, this is important for us because the question is, is how are you viewing things? How do you see things? How do you see the world and circumstances that are around you? Are you mainly being guided by your physical sight for the choices that you make in life and for the, how you react to life? Or are you using your spiritual sight? Are you seeing with your spiritual eyes, your born-again nature, your spiritual eyes? Are you seeing with them? You say, well, what do you mean? Well, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. Isn't that true? We walk by faith and not by sight. Does that mean we walk blind? No. Faith is sight. Faith is sight. I guarantee that the way that many of us in this place are looking at circumstances, situations, that we are not, we have got, we have turned our spiritual sight off. And you're seeing it with just the eyes of what the material world can do. Constantly, this is one of the main problems in the Christian life, is we don't see things as God sees them. We don't see them through his eyes. We are alive to what we see in the created order. We are alive to the material and we are dominated by sight. But what we need to do is we need to get 20-20 vision from the word of God and from the spirit of God in the prayer time so that when we're dealing with circumstances, situations, and people, we don't see it as man sees it, but we begin to see it as God sees it. We begin to be seers. In the Old Testament, some of the earliest prophets were known as seers, not prophets. Uh, Nave came later, the prophet, but seers. And then after a while, everybody was just jumbled up and called a prophet, whether they were a seer or a hearer. There are two types of prophets in the Old Testament. I'll come to the other one. There is the seer and the prophet that is the hearer. A seer, what did a seer do? Saw. So in the Old Testament, when it speaks about the early seer, they would see things. They would say things that a seer is more likely to say, the Lord showed me this in a vision. Or I was in prayer 
and I saw John the Apostle in Revelation. What was happening? Well, before he had an open vision and was caught up into heaven, he was having a spiritual vision. What about Peter? Do you remember Peter when he sat up on the top of that roof and he fell into a trance? That was a very powerful experience. I'm not saying we should all have trances like that. that that's sovereign. That's what the Lord does. But it's a picture of him seeing into the spirit, seeing what was going on. We need to activate our spiritual sight. And the word of God gives us clarity. The word of God is our optician, our spiritual optician. The more we hear the word of God, read the word of God and study the word of God, guess what? The sharper our sight becomes. We see situations with the eye of faith. Now, I wonder Paul in Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, as he's praying for the Ephesians, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart be opened. He wasn't talking about their physical eyes, but their spiritual eyes, their spiritual sense of sight. And he was praying, he was saying, I'm praying that these eyes of your heart will be opened so that you can see the length and breadth and greatness of the power of God towards those who what? Believe. So we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith, which is sight. And isn't that how God treated the, peop the men and women of the Old Testament? If you read Hebrews chapter 11, faith's hall of fame. Time and time again, they walked by faith and not by sight. Many of them never physically saw what God promised them. Many of them, Hebrews 11 says, died without physically seeing what God promised them. But they saw the city of heaven. They saw with the spiritual sight. And when they died, their spiritual sight took them beyond the grave. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so I'm asking you bluntly today, do you see the spirit? The life you live in right now, are, you, are your eyes open? Or is, are you seeing and not seeing? Do you need some Holy Ghost anointing and a bit of faith to be put upon your eyes of your spirit so that you begin to see things as God sees things? Believe things as God believes things? Because I tell you what, the way the Bible sees the world is very different to the way the world sees the world. Sight. Sight. I'm going to pray a prayer at the end before we go into ministry, where I'm going to pray a prayer of activation. That those that are ready are going to have their spiritual senses activated at a new level. And that you're going to begin to develop your spiritual sight. You're going to have to develop your seeing. You're going to have to develop seeing things in the spirit. You're going to have to develop seeing things as God sees them. You're going to have to develop your spiritual sight. God the Holy Spirit. On the last days I will pour out my spirit and they will see. What? What they've always seen? No, they will see visions. They will see dreams. Their eyes will be opened and they will see. In Luke chapter 4, when Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news. One of the things that the good news bring, it was just to bring sight to the blind. And you know what? That's not just talking about physical sight. That's talking about spiritual sight. A people in darkness 
have seen a great light. We have come out of darkness. We are children of the light. You say, what, we switched the physical light bulb on? No, God switched the spiritual light bulb on. Jesus came into our world and says, I am the light of the world. And now we begin to see things as they really are. But those that haven't yet come to Christ, they're children of the darkness. They're blind. They can't see. The next thing, as well as spiritual sight, is spiritual hearing. Spiritual hearing. I've already made reference to some of those passages where Jesus said, seeing you do not see and hearing you do not hear. It's possible to hear and not hear. You know, James speaks about spiritual hearing. He says that hearing the word is not enough to get blessed. Hearers of the word don't get blessed. Who gets blessed? Doers of the word. Because you're only, according to the Bible, you're only a hearer of the word if you're a doer of the word. So Jesus says, the person that hears my word and does my word, that person is like a man who built his house on rock. But the person that hears my word but doesn't do my word is a person that build their house on the sand. There's many people that hear, but there's few people that listen. You know what I'm talking about. And so we have spiritual hearing. I mean, in Hebrews, time and time again, in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, there's a recurring theme of hearing what the Spirit is saying. Now, the Hebrews were a backslidden bunch. They were in danger of being very, very backslidden. And when you are backslidden, what, hap- what happens? to What is a backslidden Christian? I'll tell you what a backslidden Christian is. A backslidden Christian is someone who's going deaf. Someone who's hearing but not hearing. And Hebrews 3 and 4 speaks about the dangers of backsliding in, in, deaf, in, in deaf terms, spiritual deafness. We see Hebrews chapter um, 3 verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Hebrews 3, 7. Hebrews verse, verse 15. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in the rebellion. And then thirdly and finally in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7. And he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a long time as it's been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Do you think the author of Hebrews, the Holy Spirit, is trying to get through to someone? You know, when you speak to someone with trouble hearing, sometimes you have to repeat yourself, don't you? I said, sometimes you have to repeat yourselves, don't you? My mum... I'm not making fun of people with hard hearing by that. I'm just making a point. My mum has hard hearing and sometimes I have to repeat myself so that she hears. But what about spiritual deafness? Sometimes God has to repeat something that we can hear. Sometimes he tells us the same thing over and over again for weeks, months. And you know what? Sometimes for years he's saying the same thing. Today, if you hear his voice... Do not harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Today, 
If you hear his voice, three times in a space of... He was trying to get through to people that were spiritually deaf. Uh, R.T. Kendall, when he talks about this passage and, and the fact that, that it is possible for a believer to be so persistently and consistently and willfully backslidden that R.T. Kendall says they become stone deaf to the Holy Spirit. And being deaf to the Spirit is actually having your heart hardened. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. So a soft heart is an acute hearing. God wants us to be hearers. He wants us, when we read the Word of God, when we hear the preached Word of God and the taught Word of God, He wants us to not just hear what's being... Because some of you today, well, not probably not here, but it's possible that there's some of you today that are hearing me without hearing me. You're hearing, but you're not hearing. You're bored, you want to go home, you wish you hadn't come, it's too hot. Others of you may be hearing, but it's not just going through your ear. Something deep inside you is hearing something. Something's activated. You're hearing with faith. You're hearing. How are your ears today? We've asked about your sight, but how are your ears? Are you hearing God? Are you hearing His Word? Is the Word of God still as razor sharp in your life as it's ever been? Now, as I was saying to the people I was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount earlier, every time I go to the Sermon on the Mount to prepare for Sunday, it's like it is just so challenging in my life. It's like a razor blade cutting deep into the intentions and thoughts. It's like a light shining into life. Things I thought were so were not so. It's amazing. What does that mean? It means I'm seeing things by the Word of God. I'm hearing the Word of God. I'm perceiving the Word of God. Now I need to put it into action to keep my ears acute. So hearing the Word of God, hearing the Holy Spirit, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, being sensitive to the Word, sight, hearing. Well, what about other things? That's obvious, I think, sight and hearing. But what about, that's only two, although probably the, the most important two, out of five. Well, how about taste? You say, taste? Spiritual sight, I can understand, spiritual hearing, but spiritual taste, yes. The Bible says, taste and see, the Lord is good. But at other times, we do see spiritual taste. We see in Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1, it said, Ezekiel, take the scroll and eat it. Now, this isn't a physical scroll, this is spiritual. And in that spiritual, he eats the scroll and it tastes like honey to him. He's tasting it. But also, let me expand this a little bit more. Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that is presently proceeding out of the mouth of God. Well, there's a parallel, isn't there? You eat physical food, you taste physical food. Well, what God is saying is that there is spiritual food that you can taste, and it can taste good. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 Paul speaks to the Corinthians and they are babies. And what do you feed babies? Milk. But they were big babies. They were, they were meant to be weaned. They were meant to be tasting the meat, the steak, the fillet steak of God's word. But he says, I can't talk to you as adults, but I have to talk to you as babies because you're still tasting the milk when you should be on the solids. 
And if you still think that's a little bit, well, that's still not convinced you, Hebrews 6, chapter 4, makes it plain. Hebrews 6, 4. For it's impossible for those who are once enlightened and have tasted the, tasted the heavenly gift. Tasted the heavenly gift. Jesus says that you should drink my blood and eat my flesh. Do you remember that? Drink my blood and eat my flesh. And everybody got all offended by it because it's like, what? Because they were thinking fleshly, weren't they? Earthly. They were thinking about spiritual tasting, spiritual eating. I mean, sorry, physical tasting. And he says, my words are spirit and they are truth. So he was talking, using the, the wonderful phrase used in the Anglican communion service. He was talking about feeding on him by faith. That's what he was talking about. And so, you know, when, when, we, when we talk about tasting, you can taste the good things of the Word of God. God's Word is like honey to your lips. And so spiritually, what are you tasting? You can feed on the wrong things. You can feed your spiritual man on the wrong things. You know that's true. You can, you, just like you've got to watch your physical diet, you need to watch your, watch your spiritual diet and what you're tasting and what you're feeding your spirit on. Because if you feed it on trash, that's what you're going to be. You are what you eat. It's the same physically, it's the same spiritually. You are what you eat. So what is your spiritual diet? The Word of God is the bread of God for you. If you feed on the Word of God through preaching, through reading the Word, through meditating on the Word, you are actually feeding yourself. You're tasting the good things of the Kingdom of God. You're feeding on that. But if you're tasting the wrong things and feeding on the wrong things, it's going to have an adverse effect on your, on your spiritual life. As well as tasting, we have touch. Spiritually touch. And you say, well, is, there, is that possible? Yes. Luke chapter 8 verse 43. The woman with the issue of blood. Remember that story? Everybody was physically touching Jesus. And then Jesus turns around to his disciples and said, Who touched me? They looked at him like he was a madman. So you're in the middle of a crowd. Everybody grabbing at you. And you're asking, Who touched you? But we know who touched him. And it wasn't the physical touch, was it? Yes, she touched him physically. But many were touching him physically, and many got nothing. But when she touched him, she also touched him with the spiritual touch, and spiritual virtue and power came out of Jesus and healed her. We talk about touching God, and you can touch God, do you know that? You can reach out and touch him in worship. You can touch God, and God can touch you. Sometimes when we pray for people, God can touch you through the laying on of hands. So touch is important. We need to reach out and touch God. Touch Him. He wants to embrace us. He wants to touch your life. We use these phrases, these, the phrases of touch. God wants to touch you tonight. He does. God wants us to touch Him in praise. Let's touch God in prayer. It is a touch. It's a real touch. And remember... These spiritual, um, these spiritual uh, senses are more real than the physical. That's going to be hard for you to take in your physical because you say, no, 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 no. 
Because the way we're made is we were born into the physical realm, unaware of the spiritual realm. Because we were blind. Or when you are not a Christian, all your spiritual senses are off. Off. But when you become a Christian, all your spiritual senses are now turned on. Now you can use them or, or, or not use them. You can use your sight or choose not to sight. You, you can use your physical sight or choose to close your eyes. You can choose to use your physical hearing or choose to turn off and not listen. Well, it's the same with the spiritual things. But because we're so used to the physical senses, we have to train ourselves to get used to the spiritual senses. Otherwise, what will happen is the natural senses will always dominate the spiritual senses and you will live by sight and not by faith. That's the struggle. The struggle is that I'm living by sight, by natural things, and not living by faith, which is sight. Seeing things as God sees them. Hearing things that God says. Listening to God, not listening to the devil or listening to the world. With the ears of faith, hearing and really hearing, tasting and touching, and, and even smell. You might say smell, yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 14. This is just an introduction really to, to this topic. We've got a lot more that we need to go deep into to train ourselves. But 2 Corinthians 2 verse uh, 14 says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. His knowledge is fragrance. It's spiritual fragrance. Oh, that's just poetic language. It's not poetic language. It's real. It is fragrance. This is how real it is, if we keep reading, verse 15. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ. Among those who are being saved and among those that are perishing. To one we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to other the aroma of life leading to life. And you say, what's that talking about? I'll tell you what. When you preach the gospel, or you share the gospel, you will get different reactions. And that reaction is the aroma, it's the fragrance of Christ on you and in the gospel message. And people sometimes, they're not reacting to your words, they're reacting to the fragrance that is setting off a spiritual reaction in them. So when someone is, is yielding and being brought by the Holy Spirit to effectual calling to salvation then what tends to happen is people with the gospel and people with God become attractive to them. Do you, I remember the time when the gospel was not attractive to me. When Christians were not attractive to me. When I was around Christians, I felt like puking. Because they made me sick. But then something happened. I found myself spending more time with them. I found myself drawn to them, and I'm not knowing why. I found myself wanting to go to church and finding out what's happening, and strangely I'm drawn. What's happening? The spiritual fragrance is attracting me. Like a physical fragrance can attract you or repulse you. And not only that, but Philippians 4 verse 18. Philippians 4 verse 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things that sent from you 
a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all your needs. This was an offering. This was an, this was an act of service. And he says, this is a sweet-smelling aroma, acceptable sacrifice. I haven't got time, I don't need to. This is an introductory sermon to go in to all the savory smells of sacrifice of the Old Testament. That when God smelt the sacrifice and all the energy that went into the sacrifice, it soothed him. That's language, isn't it? The sacrifice. So when Jesus died on the cross, that sacrifice appeased the wrath of God. It was a soothing aroma to the Lord. So what I've tried to do this evening is bring you, only introductory, we haven't even scratched the surface. Maybe I'll come back to certain aspects of this at other times. I haven't even scratched the surface, but what I'm saying is to you, there's a whole new realm for you. A whole new realm. A whole new realm for you to experience. Once you were blind, but now you see. Once you were deaf, but now I hear amazing grace. You hear what I'm saying? Use your spiritual senses. Don't leave them to one side and only use them occasionally. And spend your whole time relying on your physical senses because your physical senses can only interact with the physical world. Your physical senses cannot of themselves interact with the spiritual world. But your spiritual senses can interact with what's really going on in the world and you need to use them. Now, as we come to close, and then we're going to open the floor for ministry. If you are not yet saved, then you're in a terrible situation that can be rectified tonight. Because the Bible declares that somebody that hasn't had their sins forgiven, they're blind, they're deaf, they can't feel, they can't smell, they can't see, they can't do anything. They are, I mean, I said to you right at the beginning of the sermon, can you imagine losing all your physical senses? Your, it's almost horrendous. You wouldn't be able to interact with anything, would you? It's awful. But the Bible declares that if you have not come to Jesus as your Savior, you are dead in your sins and transgressions. You say, I'm not dead, I'm here today, I'm breathing. You're dead spiritually. You're alive physically, but that's going to change within a few years. But you're dead spiritually. You say, well, I've got physical sight. You have no spiritual sight. I've got physical hearing. You've got no spiritual hearing. You're dead in your sins and transgressions. But you know what? You can become alive tonight. All you have to do is believe that Jesus died for your sins and rose again. That's it. That's all you have to do. Believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, and you will be born again. And all of a sudden, your eyes will be open, and you'll be able to see the light. Your ears will be opened, and you'll be able to touch God, hear God, see God. The eyes of your faith will be opened, and a whole new realm, and a whole new life will be opened up to you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. If I can have the musicians at the front, and the ministry team also at the front. Let's bow our heads in prayer. If you're here tonight and you're ready to make that step to say, yes, I don't want to be dead in my sins. I want my sins forgiven. You're one prayer away from being saved. With every head bowed, if you're ready to say that prayer, have your sins forgiven and be made alive, 
I want you to lift your hand right where you are now and I'm going to pray for you. Upstairs and downstairs. Just lift your hand if you're ready to come to Christ and say that prayer. Hands up. I'm not going to protract this, but I'm going to ask you one more time. Is anybody here ready to make a decision for Christ? Lift your hand now. Okay, I'm going to pray for every believer in this place now. I pray that this very simplistic word would find a place that you would indeed hear what the Spirit is saying today. Over your lives, I pray that your spiritual eyes be activated and opened. Like Paul, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be opened wider than they've ever been opened before to see the goodness of God and the reality of God. Eyes open in Jesus' name. I pray that your ears, that your sensitivity to the Spirit and the Word of God would be stronger than ever before. I take authority over every deaf spiritual ear and I say, spiritual ears, be opened in Jesus' name, wide in the name of Jesus that you can hear the things of the Spirit like never before. I release the prophetic mantle of hearing and seeing on this congregation that you would be able to touch God, that you'd be able to feel God with your spiritual feeling. I pray against every spiritual leprosy and hardening, that you would be softened by the Spirit of God, that your sensitivity to the Spirit would become more acute, that you would taste the Word of God and be filled with the Word of God, that, your, that the aroma of the Holy Spirit would fill you a sweet aroma of salvation and grace in the name of Jesus. I activate these things in your life at a new level and I pray that the Holy Spirit will cause your spiritual senses to be greater than your physical senses, that you will walk by faith and not by sight and that you will hear the Lord and that you will follow Him. That you will not be led by bit and bridle, but just the voice, just the voice. An increased accuracy in seeing, increased accuracy in hearing, increased accuracy in touching God and being touched by God and sensing. I pray that you will taste and that you will discern what is good to eat from the Word and what is bad from the world. That you will taste that which is good, the heavenly realities, and that you will reject that. In the name of Jesus, I release the Word that's been preached today. I release it to be worked by the Spirit in your life in Jesus mighty name we're going to all stand right now and uh, you're welcome to go when you want of course but what we're going to do just for the next 10 minutes or so is we're going to open up the front here we're going to worship the Lord and those that wish to stay to worship just for a few more minutes and do business with God about this word you're welcome to stay those that need to go that's fine but if there's something you need ministry for don't leave there's something you need prayer for don't go come forward we have our trained ministry team here and during this next 10 minutes or so of worship everybody that wants to be prayed for come to the front and we will pray for you in Jesus name let's all stand together mm -hmm.